you got to remember to keep your eye on the end goal and just trust the damn process. I think that's the hardest thing is because you don't see changes in your body. So I would say it's a bad idea because your hormones are going to take a hit. That being said, if you do need to reduce calories, what I would do is I would add a little bit of cardio or high intensity intervals. If you haven't already done that, increase volume in your training, just because you'll use more of those calories for muscle and, and, and performance and calorie burn. Or if you are going to cut calories, take your total weekly, like the seven days total calories and cut it a little bit. Watching any movies lately? Get some Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Snowden. Snowden. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just watched that too. Yeah, I, I didn't watch it all, but it's hard to. I didn't either. Well, it's finish. based on a true story, right? Yeah, but it's just so fucking slow. See, I can watch that shit all day. I could watch that shit all day. I had a crazy dream the other day, and and stuff. It was, I mean, it was like about war, right? And I was watching like the uh, the hunt for Bin Laden. And she was like, it's because you watch all those fucking like terrorist <laughs> documentaries and shit. I'm just like, hey, yeah. like, I want to know what like happens, you know, or from a certain point of view, I guess, as good as it's going to yeah. get for us. I mean, I, I enjoy those kind of things more, actually. Like that was the only cool thing about that Snowden, like is knowing that, like, like understanding what was going on and shit. It's crazy. Yeah. Shit. Every time that you meet with them, you got to put your phone in the microwave or some shit. Yeah. And- Dude, Shannon yeah. tapped out in like 20 minutes on that movie. It was just like, I couldn't couldn't focus anymore. Yeah. Steph got up and was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the best one. <sighs> I, haven't, I haven't been keeping up on movies, unfortunately. I, dude, I've been actually renting a lot of movies lately, but like I haven't been going to the movie. Yeah. Suicide Squad was kind of whack. I was disappointed. The joke, the the guy that played Joker was super dope, but he didn't. He barely made an appearance. I watched, uh, fuck, what was it called? I thought it. I thought I was renting Snowden, but I got confused between that guy, the guy from Inception that's in it, and the guy that plays Harry Potter. Because both of the movie covers are them just like standing, staring at it, and I was like, oh, that's this one. Like I thought it was that guy, and then we play it, and he's a. In this movie, was actually way better. He plays a. Uh, He's in the CIA or no, maybe CIA or FBI, but he goes undercover as like in the in the KKK and all the uh, what are those even called? White supremacy, white groups? supremacy groups. Yeah, all the come on, man, you know what? See him try to play dumb <laughs> just because we're here, recording. Bro. Sorry, man. <laughs> it was a good movie, though. What are those called? <laughs> <laughs> I really couldn't think of it, bro. White diplomacy groups, bro. <laughs> I've been carbless all week, man. I've been like <laughs> in a fog. Yeah. Shout out to everybody. Don't cut carbs. It's fucking retarded. We're actually going to answer a question on that, right? Yeah. Well, it's actually funny how like, and this is like the battle between fats and carbs that people always have because um, like the brain, you know, the brain uses like, I don't know how many calories in a day, but like it's a significant amount just to function properly. And it's primary fuel source is glucose, which is carbs. So if you start cutting carbs out, you just feel like a fucking idiot. Yeah. It's just hard to think you're in a brain fog, but like, obviously I I guess that problem, if you can get, yeah, you don't, I I have it. I just had had like literally two pastries right before we, (laughs) right before we started. I I just had a, I had a full cup of rice this morning because this is like my carb update. And it was like, like fucking life changing. (laughs) feel so much better already. I get you to do that all Just day. the rice. <laughs> just just one cup of rice, man. I'm going to have like five of those today. Just spread out. Get pumped. You know what I'm saying? For tomorrow. Get pumped up. Excited. Shit works, though. I cut like four pounds this week. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm up two. Boom. Good shit. Yeah, I think I'm going like straight strength after this. Like just... just not it's, worry about the weight so much, but it's fun. My body, my body reacts way better to this style of. Yeah. Well, I think training. that's like key for people out there too, is like, they're always asking like, what's the best rep range? What's the best sets? What's like the best program? Like what worked for you? And it's like, it's always fucking different. Cause a lot of that's like, that's against the trend. Like if we, if we are going to look at science, most people would be like, well, technically that's probably not the best way to go, but because you've tried different things, it works. Right. And you realize that, like, I think a lot of people, 
will find something or they see somebody doing something and then they just repeat that shit over and over and over again and they never learn like awareness through their body they never learn what actually is different or works for them it's sad yeah but that's all that's also the power of a coach that's the power of like paying for programming and stuff like even even stuff like we were just with uh john russin this weekend even just buying his program like it's an ebook i mean it's like i want to say it's like 200 bucks Mm -hmm. but it's like sets you up for 12 weeks like that's crazy cheap that program was that program was nasty yeah god he came out with level two did he yeah it's like fht level two so if you like because he was talking to me afterwards and he was like so you ran through it and i was like yeah i did the uh four day and then the five day split i was like i liked it a lot it was dope like felt good i was like and then i just started testing things and then i told him about like my back situation Mm -hmm. and dude i've been feeling like fucking i haven't had any pain like it's to the point where i forgot about it like it's just nothing now which is awesome so shout out to you for all the mobility stuff but um i was talking to him and he was like you want to beta test the next one and i was like fuck yeah and he's like i'm gonna send it to luca you guys should run through it and you know, oh, nice. send me some before and after i was i was actually planning on that after uh like going to that after after this program yeah going to the fht should be dope it's just like from a timing perspective like because that's when i think i was still training at night and i mean there's so much volume in that program like yeah. it, it takes time to go through yeah so just now i feel like i have a better schedule for it as well yeah. so i see, think i'll I'm, get even more yeah. out of it see i'm used to that now too because that's that's how i prefer to train is just a lot of volume but it's usually not like it's more hypertrophy based stuff that's why i kind of want to like enter into the low rep ranges for a while so what what did you feel like you got out of the the in staff with john man i think like the the number one thing i noticed and this was really cool because our clients started piling in at the end and like they came up to me and were like man i heard him talking it's like He's kind of he's talking about a lot of shit that you do, and I was like, I know, man. It made me re- like really right. happy to hear him talk about like, like how important primers are, and and uh, like when I used to write programs, I wouldn't enter those into my programming because it's just kind of like you need to do this shit before you train. It's a given, right? But people come in, they foam roll, they do thing, and then on online clients, like they come in, warm up real quick, and they go. Now I start putting it into my programming, so you always see like either glute or hamstring activation, and then upper back work or both if it's a full body day. And it was cool for him to be like, this is non-negotiable. Like, this is what I do. Right. Like, and I was like, that's dope. Yeah. But I think like the big, the big one was definitely like that, like being reassured that we're doing the right shit. But man, just like the ideas of, of why we're doing things, I think was really cool too. Like even just to the, like the CNS stuff. And he's like, like what I got a lot out of that is like, okay, like let's say the slams at the beginning. He's like, I'm doing one to two sets for two to three reps. And I'm like, damn, that's like nothing. And he's like, well, what's the point? Like, I'm not trying to fucking blow you out right now. I'm just trying to like stimulate you and get things moving properly. And I was like, man, that's really key. And then the biggest takeaway was like, he didn't directly say this, but like you don't need a lot of weight. Like he improved that power lifter who's been lifting – so when he said, like, all of his lifts went up 10 to 15 pounds, which a powerlifter who's been lift, lifting for a decade, that's, that's a shit ton. That's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Even for a lot of our clients who have been training for a long time, yeah. that's a lot. Oh, absolutely. And what he did with him was uh, increase, uh, like, internal tension on the bar with no weight on it. So he was squatting with just the bar and just increasing core temperature, increasing tension within their body. And like output into the floor and like like cues like that, like internal and external cues. And like that's what increased his like, that's crazy. Yep. And that's why I asked him, like, so like, would you argue that that's more important than intensity? Because a lot of people are like the two most important things are volume and intensity. Like you got to lift a lot and you got to lift heavy. Well, this guy's saying, like, if you don't feel the fucking muscle, why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that held true to me because of my back issue where I was just like putting weight on the bar and just trying to grind it out. And then my joints were taking the force, not my muscles. Well, the thing is, is we've talked about this on a previous episode and and it was because you started implementing more mobility. You were consistent with it. And then you went up in weight, uh, within like a week or two. So it's, I mean, it's really like the same concept, right? Like if you, if you build your foundation, no matter how advanced you are, you're going to improve. Right. Yeah. Like the more that you work on like that foundational movement, you perfect your craft, uh, you perfect your movement, 
then those those main lifts are gonna are gonna go up. Yeah. And when you do your accessory work, you're not gonna be compensating. You're right. stronger. Um, you have again like more sound movement. So like it's it's gonna translate. And I think that that's that's a hard concept for people to grasp around because it's like man, every everybody. Even us, man, we're like, we're, we're really like, we have the shiny object object syndrome. Like that's just part of being a fucking human being, yeah. right? Like it's very hard to bring yourself back down to like, okay, I need to do this stuff every day, even, even though I feel like I'm good. You know, I can just kind of jump into this because, you know, I'm not going to get hurt today. And then that usually carries into a snowball effect. But I mean, the more that you work on those foundations, the more that you work on that, that base, I mean, you're going to get stronger. You're going to perform better. You're going to lose more weight. I mean, it's, it's going to keep, it's going to keep moving forward. Um, so I, I agree. Like, you know, that's a lot of what I got out of it too. And especially cause the guy's, you know, a fucking PhD. Yeah. Uh, and I was jacked, like, man, like, like I feel smart right now because I've been doing this even before I did the FHT program because I, I read through that and like, I was like, oh, okay. Like, and it, even at that point, even though I hadn't met John, I was like, man, like this has, this is just reassuring what, what I do. Right. And then, but you know, he did it with different exercises and a little bit in a different way. And he had a, a, a little bit of a different approach, but, um, I was like, man, like I've been doing this for a long time and, and it's just because of all the, the education that, that we've done. So I was like, man, like, you know, it's just letting me man. know that I'm on the right path. And it's just like learning from experience, you know, like, and this is why I like Joe DeFranco so much because I mean, he's not like against science but he's he's not a, a science-based guy he's really experience-based like he obviously takes what works with science and then applies it to real life situations and he trains monsters like wwe nfl but like he was the one that got me onto hamstring curling before mm -hmm. uh side planks and pow off yeah. pressing before yeah. deadlifts and squats because that's going to increase internal external torque in your hip which is going to help your squat yeah. pattern so like it starts with like seeing somebody do it and then you're like, man, why the fuck are they doing it? And then you see another guy doing it and you're like, why are they doing it? Then you start doing it and then you're like, man, this helps. And then you apply it, right? And I think that's like, that was, that's the hugest thing to me. And another thing I wanted to pull up, I just pulled up my notes, um, was like the foam rolling stuff. Yeah. Like to me, I've always known like foam rolling isn't like, the biggest deal ever um because it's temporary relief but the way he goes about it is a little bit different it makes a lot of sense he's he's like pick one to two things that are f essentially fucked up on your body and just hammer them out and don't sit there like a rag doll and roll over it like apply pressure and just slowly move over that that pressure point until it releases so like yesterday i had tim on the bench and we're lifting heavy we're doing 255 for sets and he so when I have a lot of my guys like get in a bench position, I'll have them turn their feet out and drive their heels so they can get that torque from the hip to help them push the weight up. And a lot of times, if they have really tight uh, TFL hip glute med areas, they cramp up, yeah. right? So he started cramping up. So I put him on the foam roller, had him externally uh, extend that um, back leg, and then just roll rotate side to side on that TFL. Dude, completely changed the game. Like throughout his sets, like. It just got better and better on a bench press, yeah, which was crazy. Yeah. Um, so, like, tips to people out there, the hip is, like, the hip and shoulder essentially have so many different muscle tissues and tendon tissues. Going into it, it's like a spider web, so you're very, very likely to be tight or have just really bad scar tissue in there. So those are, like, kind of, like, your two points that you should probably knock out daily. And you don't need to, like, go ballistic on the foam roller, but get on there and just, and just do a little bit of work. So that was a big one, too, because I'm going to apply that to a lot of clients. I actually had a lot of things that I was like, damn, I'm going to apply this. I literally took so many notes that like strength camp is going to be structured a little bit differently yeah. now, which I talked to Luca a little bit about afterwards. So I'm pumped about that. But I don't know anything else that you, that you took away from that. I mean, that was, that was really it. Like I wanted to go into, obviously we didn't have enough time because we had clients start to roll in. I wanted to go into more of his Program. philosophy yeah behind programming intraset um stretching all that stuff i've i've read articles on it um and and you know obviously it, it increases blood flow to the targeted area but really just if he could go a little bit more in depth on it so i'll probably shoot him an email and yeah um of just like a you know just some questions and um you know get his insight on it but like just the way that like he presents and you know, how he relates everything to 
not just athletes but general population to make it applicable like right away yeah. obviously like you know we use those tools immediately yeah um and even just some of the exercises that are super e- easy to to implement like the straight arm pull down and stuff like that to uh, to do that before getting into, or the T-bar row, right? Like I haven't done the T-bar row before, um, before trap bar deadlift. Uh, yeah. you know, I've, I've really just focused on hip extension for that one for most people. Um, but I mean, that one helps as well. Yeah. So hit an extension <clears throat> with that, like thrust and T-bar. Right. right. And that's exactly what went through my mind. Um, I think it was cool too. Like he, like actually Dan Swinsco, he's a PT that we work with. He uh, messaged me. I think he mess- might have messaged you a while ago. He like messaged me, um, mm-hmm. like, what is like the missing link for PTs to do or something like that. And I was like, honestly, like, it's hard for me to say because you do really well with everything. But what I see is that a lot of PTs don't relate to fitness. They don't relate to what the trainer is doing, and they don't relate things to fat loss. Because at the end of the day, like a lot of the clients that are coming to you that I see are, I want to get better so I can start losing fat or building muscle, right? And that's exactly what John Rustin said. And he was like, I stopped being like predominantly a PT because there was no connection in it. And like PTs need to act like trainers, not vice versa. Right. And I was like, damn, that's, that was dope to hear too. And I think it's very true. A couple things that I think like that hit me kind of hard is like, uh, the never miss a rep thing. I was like thinking really hard about that. I was like, man, how many people are just trying so hard to grind out like PRs and then yeah. don't get it and yeah. stuff like they don't understand what's actually going on with them. You know what I mean? So that, that was a big one. Um, just drop the ego. You know what I mean? Long-term goal attainment over short-term ego boost was huge. The goal is to be tra- training pain-free for the rest of your life. Is this set going to help you achieve that? When he said that, I was like, damn, I can think of a lot of times where I was like in my head, like, man, I'm zapped. I need to chill. And then I'm like, fuck that. I'm not going to be a pussy. Right. I'm going right. to grind this out, do a drop set. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I'm like, and then I'm the next day, I'm just like, my back's hurting. Yeah. Something wasn't, wasn't worth it. And yeah. I'm like, man, yeah. I, I wanted to get into recovery with him because I listened to a podcast that that's all he talked about. Yeah. And he has some interesting philosophies on that. Like he was saying like a lot of his guys, he'll literally have walk for 20 to 30 minutes after a workout, which is really contradictory to a lot of people because that's like ruining muscle protein synthesis. You're not going to have as many gains, like blah, blah, blah. But he's saying like that alone increases the recovery of his clients like tenfold. And I was like, yeah. and he was like, and it's in the way I took it was like, there's nothing crazy about that, right? It's getting blood flow. It's getting you moving. Um, and it's calming your central nervous system down. So you can't recover. And the thing is, is like, if I go, okay, the best strategies are dry needling, um, cryotherapy fucking massage banya russian bathhouses like those are great but how often can you fucking do that yeah. and i think that that was his point and i was like that's huge because well, and that's why i'm so big on breathing because yeah, that's another that was one, another like, one of the- and, and a lot of our people like they have families they got shit that they got to do so they're they, they have to come in and out so like man like i, I program like i literally put it in a program five minutes of diaphragm breathing at the end of the, at the end of the training session, just to help with that recovery process. And I think that's like smart from the coach's perspective too, is that's like what I was talking about with the warm up. If I don't put like one, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. Like, right. So like number two is the compound instead of number one and me being like, Hey, warm up before, like, it's just, that's just part of it. Right. How many clients do you have who will say, Oh, did you warm up? And like, you already know the answer, but they're like, yeah, I warmed up. Uh, Like, no, you just walked in 90 seconds ago. Too many. So like, but like, I already have it programmed in. So yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. just like, well, well you're, that's you're why you're gonna warm up. Or yeah. You're gonna prime. Uh, you're gonna prime your movement before. So exactly, it doesn't really matter. And that's why, <laughs> yeah, that's why I put that shit in the program. That like, at least a couple things that because sometimes I see them warm up, but it's just half assed. Yeah, and I get it because I rush through my shit too yeah. often. Sometimes you just don't want to do it. Yeah, I get it. it. But I'll put those in there because I'm like, okay, if they're not gonna like do a thorough warm up, at least let's get some like face pulse, hip thrust, and like row with thoracic rotation. Something simple that like is actually challenging too, so they think it's part of the workout, but I think that's huge. I'm like, when it went to get summer, I'm gonna just have people like walk around the block after their workout or something. Like, I think that would be good. Cause we don't have a treadmill or anything. Or got the range, that's their contrast right yeah. there. <laughs> Shit. It actually feels good after a workout, but. But then not if you got to get in your car and drive yeah, away. Like, yeah. It's kind of Nobody wants to drive home soaking wet. Is, is he going to get treadmills in the gym? Because I know we got another rower. No. So we'll have three rowers now. we got two air, uh, air two, more, bikes. two more assault bikes. Um, 
I feel like it would be rower. I feel like it would be uh, good to get a treadmill. The uh the Jacob's ladder. Dope. Um and there's a couple other things. Those are brutal. Yeah. I know I'm I'm excited, man. I'm like conditioning's gonna be fucking like here's the thing, is like for everybody out there listening who like wants to train, like now is a good time to fucking get in vigor if you right. live in the Seattle area because when we move to the new gym, there's excuse me, gonna be so much shit available that obviously the prices are gonna go up and yeah. you can get grandfathered in now if you jump right. in there. But the shit is gonna be like I can't wait to be like, Okay, you're doing three times a week semi private with me. I want you here six days a week. Right. Three of those days, you're just going to come in. Here's your list. You just do that. You can yep. come in whenever yep. you want to come in. I don't even have to be there. Right. And then they're doing rowers and Jacob ladders and right. like some real deal conditioning that do like literally like I just feel like the transformations are going to be fucking like they're Insane. already crazy. Yeah. But like, And I think the biggest piece to it is going to be the recovery. Oh, yeah. Because we're going to have that in house as well. So yeah. it's like, well, you're here. PT, cryotherapy. Exactly. Yeah. I think massage too, right? Yeah. Fucking acai bowls. Yep. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be there. I'm the gonna on, spend half my. The, the only my, I'm gonna spend half my day. The only thing holding people back from transformation yeah. <laughs> is eating too much sugar at that place. And it's a natural sugar, but calories are calories, man. Yeah, that's true. Because like we when we went there, uh, remember we went there on my birthday, like all hungover after. Uh, you guys were hungover. Bellevue. Yeah. You weren't. No. Did you not get faded? I didn't drink on your birthday. What? You didn't? Mm-mm. Oh, cause you drove. I don't remember. I think you just, I just a, remember. You I had a couple or something, but you didn't get. Fed. No, I didn't drink at all. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I was gone, but yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I was there. <laughs> you weren't. Yeah, you exactly. were for a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Um, we went there after uh, in the morning, and that was actually that's funny because that was Luke's first time. I was mm-hmm. like, "Yo, come with us. Like, you'll love this place, right?" So we all go, me, you, Luke, and Trav, and we're sitting there eating. I ate the the whole large one and then Travis's little ass couldn't finish his he ate like half and I smashed the whole thing <sighs> that shit was bomb and then Lucas sitting there he's like I, I love this place we need this he took vigor. one bite and then emailed yeah one bite set his Andrew. cup down and he's yeah. like we need this in vigor and emails this motherfucker the guy emails him back he sets up a meeting before we even leave <laughs> I was like yo that's crazy I told him I tried to get him up there for six months and then finally yeah. told him that yeah that we were going up for your Going up for your birthday. You told me like one time, and I was like, "Yep, let's go." Shit wow. was fire. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go up there on Sunday after my shoot. And dude, you know what's crazy? So this is uh, a good. Well, like, so I was trying to like just hustle, right? I, I was in uh, Shannon's apartment gym, right? and there's all these treadmills. There's like a locker room and and everything. So I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool." So I'm gonna put like a couple business cards on every single treadmill. Every single bike, I'm going to put some at the front little desk, right? And I'm going to go in the men's locker room. I'm going to put, like, a stack in every single locker. And then I'm going to put them in the little dish with, like, the mints and stuff like that. And uh, I was like, just, like, hustle mode, right? Shannon goes to the little gym the next day, and I text her. I was like, yo, are my cards in there? And she's like, no, none of them. And I'm like, fuck, these motherfuckers are just... Uh. And then I look, I was like, oh, there's cameras, right? But I went to the locker room the other day. They're still there. So they didn't go in there. They're still Uh. in the dishes and everything. So somebody picked one up and they, they messaged me and they were like, and unfortunately it wasn't like, oh, I got a client off or anything, yeah. but, but it was actually pretty cool. They were like, um, yo, like I saw your card in the bathroom. Like, do you live at four lakes, which is the apartment? She, they're like, I've been following your shit for a long time. Like, uh, I follow Luca and everything. I know you guys are about to get a new gym. I'm, I'm working in the industry and I, I would really like to intern like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, damn, this is crazy. Oh, nice. Yeah. And he was just like, he was like, how did you do it? So I just gave him some pointers. I was like, man, like first and foremost, you got to make appearances. I was like, that's how I got mine. I was like, I just kept showing up. Like I went places that I knew names would be at and like blah, blah, blah. So he was like, I know I need to be better about seminars and all that. He was like, man, if if I could uh, like just sit down with you and pick your brain, like your site looks phenomenal. Like I love everything you guys do at Vigor, blah, blah, blah. Like I'll buy you a beer. We can just sit down. I was like, yeah, man, hit me up on Sunday. So we'll see if this guy, I think he listens to the podcast. So. If, if he doesn't hit me up tomorrow, he'll hear this like a week later and be like, fuck, <laughs> this is your only chance. <laughs> Guy. Guy. I can't remember his name. Guy Busey. Gary Busey. That's his name from from now on. Gary Busey. I don't care what his name is. Who's Gary Busey? Come on, man. That's your Wi-Fi network. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. You don't? No. Yeah, you do. He was on Celebrity Rehab. Okay. 
<laughs> bro, I've never watched Celebrity bro, Rehab. Bro, he was famous back in the day. This crazy. Oh, okay, okay, I know. Okay, yeah, he was. Uh, Look at that guy. Uh, he was Hellboy. No, he was not. Hellboy. He wasn't Hellboy. No. Oh no, that's the dude from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, huh? yeah, they kind of look alike though. <laughs> Who the fuck is this guy? Wow. Yeah. Uh, what was he in? There's no. There's just dude, not, do you, none of his pictures are the same. <laughs> not one of them are the same. See, this is him back in the day. He used to be a stud. Is he like, uh, so, oh, obviously he's on, yeah, celebrity rehab, so he's... Every single picture he's just screaming. <laughs> or he looks like Ozzy Osbourne, that one in the overalls. Where? Go up a little bit, uh, right there. Dude, he doesn't look like Ozzy Osbourne. Well, just the his body language. <laughs> Shavin. Is this his son? Oh, well, all right. Fuck Gary Pearson. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm tired of looking at this guy. Jesus. Uh, I could look at him all so day. So what, what was his drug of choice? Heroin? <sighs> okay. Just go all the way. I'm throwing a wild Heroin. Oh, there, you but, don't know? Yeah, it's, it's got to be something like it that. Looks like it. Probably meth. Or uh, bath salts by the, by the look of it. I think he had an accident and got like a little cuckoo from that. Oh, accident, like, yeah, had too much drugs? Or no, I think, like, car um, it was in, like, a car accident or something. And he got crazy from that? Damn, cocaine. I never really, I never heard of that. Yeah, he got in Gary Busey on his life-changing cocaine overdose and motorcycle accident. Damn. Oh, so he was already high on cocaine on and coke. then crashed his motorcycle. Cocaine was my devil that I danced with in my life, he says. The devil has been sent away, and now I dance with nothing but angels. And okay. he talks in like acronyms, like he'll say like banana, that stands for, and then he'll like yeah. list out how it, it's funny as what well. it means. Hmm. And he calls them Buseyisms. But the thing is, I believe it just said 18 years later, or eight years or 18 months or something like that. He got back on it. That's awesome. Yeah. It's usually what happens, right? Relapse. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. All right, we got some questions. Let's uh, stop the mad ramble and... Actually, we were on fire there for a little bit. People yeah, we can take Just can Gary make a Busey full fucking off. program off of fault. what you're saying. All right, let's go. <clears throat> All right, so the first question is a two-part question. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what is the difference between visceral fat and subcutaneous yes. fat? Let me restart that one. <laughs> yes, fat. <laughs> subcutaneous fat, and how can it affect you? Um, so subcutaneous fat is the fat on the outer layer of your stomach obviously and then uh visceral fat is internal um i would say like visceral fat is is known to be a little bit more dangerous just because it's closer to your organs it's more internal blah 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 um but i think i believe and don't quote me on this subcutaneous fat is easier to store and lose which seems like it would be obvious right um and that's really the only difference i mean like I think the first layer that you're going to probably lose is going to be uh, subcutaneous because it's the outer layer and it's just easier to burn versus visceral fat. But visceral fat can be more dangerous. So I think the big thing here is like everybody should should work to build muscle and lose body fat, plain and simple, because you're going to be healthier. Like I think anytime anybody is going to overcomplicate it with how do I burn this fat over this fat, it's like it's all dangerous, like having too much body fat on your body period is not healthy. So, but you need both, but you need a little bit of both. Right. Um, and that's why I actually pulled this up because there's brown fat cells and there's white fat cells. Right. So brown fat of cells. Are, that's, I mean, <laughs> I don't create science, bro. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I don't even like think about that at all. And then like I walk into it, you know what I mean? Because I don't think that way. God, damn. Oh, I love it. Always. Anyway. Um, <laughs> This is even more worse. This is so awkward. So, white fat actually rules because there's more of it. White fat rules. I'm reading Live Science, bro. This is Boom Boom Performance, (laughs) (laughs) his latest blog Uh, on visceral fat. I I actually did. Brown fat. I I actually did write a blog on white, white and brown fat. (laughs) Um, way back. So, uh, brown fat is, um, there's a little bit less and it's actually healthier. So it's better. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually the case. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so white fat, uh, so I'm just going to literally read this. Unlike old white fat, which stores calories, mitochondria packed brown fat cells, burn energy and produce heat. 
So they used to think that they were only found in babies, and then they did some studies, and they realized that yeah. everybody actually still has some, just not as much. Um, but that makes sense, right? When you're a baby, you don't have a chance. Like, you're born with a lot of fat, obviously, but you don't have all this subcutaneous fat, all this unhealthy fat that you've stored from eating too much calories and stuff like that. So um, brown fat cells essentially are better for our hormones. They're better. They actually can help fuel energy. They can actually help produce more heat in the body and they can actually burn more calories. So if you brown fat can actually work to burn white fat is essentially what it is. Um, White fat is the type of fat that we all don't want essentially. Right. And, and everybody has at least a little bit of brown fat, but you can assume that if you're unhealthy, you have less. So like the, the shittier your health is, the less brown fat you have and the more white fat you have. Okay. Which this is all just sounding really confusing, but everybody needs a little brown <laughs> fat, baby. <laughs> uh, so, brown fat. Go to the next. <laughs> I think if anybody has questions on that, just hit us up. I mean, you can literally look up brown fat cells versus white fat cells, and it'll really. There's like tons of article on the hormonal benefit, the energy benefit, like calorie burning benefit of brown fat, and where it's stored and all that shit. So you can really dive into it if you need to. Um, but everybody needs a little bit of fat. You just don't want too much. Boom. All right. Second part of their question. Can you mention the benefits of having a flat stomach versus the dangers of having abdominal fat or while adding the nutritional aspect of it? Um, I don't really know where to go with that one. Um, I, so like, I think, <laughs> I think we covered it already essentially because so they're so sort of re- the relating benefit, it back to the subcutaneous fat. Right. right. So what's right. the benefit of having fat and what's the con? Right. Okay. So like the benefit of having a little bit of fat is going to be, and and I don't, and here's the thing is like, I think everybody just looks at their abs or their stomach and assume and like, that, that, because that they're healthy. Right. So like right. women don't have to have a lot of fat on their stomach to be healthy, but they do need a little bit of fat on their hips. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, and you know, what's funny is I actually listened to this. I listened to a lot of weird podcasts. They were talking about like evolutionary science and <laughs> Michael's over here, like ramble time. <laughs> um, Gets out of well, no, this, this, this is conspiracy. Apl- this applies, Hold right? On. So, so women tend to have more fat on their hips, obviously. And there's a reason for that. That's actually a sign of health because that's protecting their reproductive organs because we were born in a, in a time where, fucking saber-toothed tigers and people were fighting and stuff it's like so that's like their their womb their reproductive organs that's where they're safe right men they're predominantly all their organs are going to be on their stomach mm-hmm. like we don't really you know what i mean so like and we hunt so we have to protect our organs to survive so we can hunt more so we store more fat on our stomach and around our low back where our kidneys are and stuff makes sense men scientists prove this are actually more attractive and this makes sense why guys like big butts is because men are more attractive to women with a little bit thicker hips because it's a sign of like uh like motherly whatever you know what i mean and that they can hold a family blah 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 like they had all these st- statistics things like that makes a lot of sense Dude, it's, it's hilarious that one of my friends does now we were talking about this that like he does not like a woman with a big butt because he's got a little dick and he doesn't know what to do with it God. Dead serious. He told you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he was open He's about like, that. dude, I can't handle it. <laughs> I, he was like, I couldn't handle a Beyonce. I wouldn't know what Damn. to do. <laughs> That's funny. It's like, all right, well, hey, shit. I mean, shit. He to each their own, yeah. God, bro, that is hella funny. <laughs> anyway, so it's healthy. <laughs> Unless you got a little dig. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so like uh, the be- the benefit are... On top of that, on top of tr- attracting your mate, the benefit is um, hormonally, we need some fat on our body. Now, hormonally, if we have too much fat, it's the same thing. So it, the pendulum kind of swings where there's like, there's really this balance, right? Where if I, I would say for guys, typically, some guys can walk around at, um, and actually, this, this would be good to throw you out there. Like, most guys can walk around between, I would say, eight to a, 12% body fat and that's like healthy. Some guys can dip below that and still be healthy. Um, but what we don't know is because you, you can like, I can look at you and be like, Oh, you're probably like six, 7% easily. Right. But like, we don't, we can't really tell if, if you're holding visceral fat. Right. Right. Um, and now you're a healthy guy, so I don't think so. But in some cases people are super lean. They look like they're 5%, but really they're a little bit higher because they have more internal fat, which is mm-hmm. not healthy. But if we go below or above that and 
I don't, it's hard for me to say what the exact ratio is for women, but I want to say it's like 15 to 20. Yeah. Right? I was going to say 15 to 20, yeah. 21. Um, if you go below that, your hormones are going to take a dive. So that's when we have low thyroid or cortisol stress hormones go through the roof. We're going to have not uh, slow, periods. not having periods, uh, men not getting boners, not having good libido, uh, growth hormone goes down, testosterone goes down, um, metabolism goes down, literally just about everything. Um, stress, sleep is actually disturbed quite a bit as well. Um, and if you go above that, you can have a lot of those same things, right? So not as like if 12 is the marker and you go to 13% body fat, you're going to be fine. But if you start, if you're a guy and you start leaning towards the 20%, you can start having those effects as well. Also though, we got to look at people that come to us that are 25% body fat. If they drop down to 20, they're going to see significant raises in yeah. that, even though they're above the, the balance. So like, it, it all really is individualized, but it just depends. So the goal is to stay in like a balanced period, right? For, for periods of time you can, and this is like right now, like I, like I said, I've been like carbless because I've been doing this photo shoot. I'm leaner than I've been in a long time. And like this week I really cut, cut down everything up to cardio. So I just like stripped a lot of subcutaneous fat really quick. And I, I'm, I'm sleeping shittier. Like I'm not, I don't have much energy, right? Like, and, and I can see the effects already. The issue is, is if I was like, no, I want to be leaner and then I do this for another three weeks, that's when my hormones would really take a right, big, right. big dive, right? Next week, I'm going to go back to my maintenance calories, probably gain a couple pounds and be fine, right? Because I know that's healthy. So it just depends. Now, the pros and cons, I think I pretty much just laid all those out as well, right? I think you did, yes. Um, all right, next question. What's the reason for weight belt and how should I be using it? Actually, we went over this in the John Russin seminar too. Um, so it's, it's funny. A lot of people think that like if they do deadlifts wrong, um, that, oh, if I just put on the belt, then I'll be good. I'll yeah. protect my back. It's um, like a bandaid. But yeah, yeah. And that, and that's all you're doing really. And what it does, and, and it's not going to protect your back, right? Like if you're lifting, you know, 500 pounds, you can still fuck some shit up. So if you don't know how to use if it, if you don't know how to use it, but, um, as you know, we, we discussed, uh, yesterday and, um, sometimes I'll, I'll use this as well. If, if I'm going, you know, 80, 80 plus percent, um, to where that, uh, I just want a little external feedback, um, which is the word that he used. I just use it as kind of like, okay, well, you know, this is telling me something. So, um, you know, it'll help me get into a better position, but that's, that's what it is really. It's, it's using it for a little bit of feedback. And if you're, if you know the pattern, a lot of people don't know the hinge pattern, um, which is what mostly people are using this belt for other than, you know, heavy squats. Um, so they, you know, to, to not use it as a tool to protect your lower back, like it's, it's really just a tool for, to give you feedback so that if you know those, those basic movements, like the squat and the hinge, um, it's gonna just, you know, it's gonna, tell you or reassure you that you're in the right position right like i don't know if you use it the same way um, yeah but. i mean i use it on a, a regular basis too so i think that the whole purpose is really just to breathe into it right? right like you said it's like an external marker to let you know you're doing something properly right so there's two things that i usually look for and i, I suggest people to look for is like one don't tighten it so fucking tight that you can barely breathe right Give yourself a little bit of room so you can breathe, breathe into, into your the belt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You want to breathe into your low belly, like expanding out and pushing into that belt. So you need a little bit of room. Um, don't make it loose, but yeah, don't put it right on your belt line either. It should be on your lower stomach. What this is going to do too is you notice like the back of the belt is bigger. So if I hyperextend, I'm going to feel the top part of that belt pushing into my back and I know I'm overextending, right? Yep. So it's going to cue me to pull my rib cage down, yep. right? So if your rib cage is down and you're in the right spot um, and you're not getting that anterior pelvic tilt because it'll happen on both ends of the belt, you'll, you'll know that you're flat. So that's like the two things is breathe into it before you lift and keep your back flat pressed against it. Don't hyperextend into the top or the bottom of the belt. And if you can't correct it, when you feel the the belt give you some feedback and you can't correct to, to compress your rib cage, then you need to go lighter. Yeah. That's, that's and you what need to work on you. different things. Right. Like positioning of your hip, right. stability in your core, yeah. breathing. So uh, those belts don't help your curls either. I see a lot of people I know. Doing, doing dumbbell bench press and curls in a fucking weight belt yeah it's a joke <laughs> tricep, tricep extensions <laughs> on the cable you, machine doing? 
With that massive guy that went last time we were at uh, LA yeah. Fitness together. Just, like, just yeah, wearing the belt the whole time, doing like tricep extensions. Like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah, that guy looks nuts. Juicing. Yeah, tough. Gary Busey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of. Like a short, buff-ass yeah. Gary Busey. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's the point of a refeed day? And is it based, is it bad to skip them? I feel like this cold medicine has got me all sorts of, Yeah, I can't read today. Thank God I'm driving. <laughs> What's the point of a refeed day, and is it bad to skip them for faster fat loss? Um, so I would say yes, it is bad. Um, the thing is, is like, so if refeeds are set up properly, it's they're like, when a coach sets up a weekly caloric deficit, he includes that refeed so i think that's where a lot of people go wrong it's like oh like monday through saturday here's my calories uh sunday's a free day or whatever it is right no that's not how it is it's like monday through sunday like this is your weekly caloric intake i'm gonna make monday through friday a little bit lower so saturday can be higher or whatever day you want your refeed um and in some cases you'll actually have them back to back so i have some people who are more focused on like reverse dieting where it's like they they're number one like yeah you want to look lean and feel good but their number one like goal is to actually repair hormones increase metabolism feel better and those people one day refeeds actually doesn't do anything it's not long enough to to increase leptin and ghrelin all these hormones and they've done studies on this so those are like like a one day refeed is purely for one of two things one sanity just because you've been dieting all week so it gives you like 100 to 200 extra grams of carbs to like enjoy some food with people on the weekend or fit in some drinks or whatever. Um, or two, it's, it's a guy who is needs an extra like day to like keep muscle glycogen full. So if you're on a fat loss diet and you're a guy and you want to stay full and stay having pumps and keep strength up in the gym, you need to have a day where you bump up carbs just so you can have like full tanks of fuel. Right now with two day refeeds, you'd have them back to back. So those actually have had effects where they actually increase leptin, ghrelin, metabolism, all these hormones and stuff. So, and it's scary for people. Like, so, like, for instance, I have a couple ladies that are in this situation where it's like, okay, I want to lose fat, but I really like, I've done too many crash diet stuff. I'm like, all right, well, two days in a row, you're going to eat way more. And they're like, what the fuck? Right. In the first few weeks, they don't lose shit. And it's like, God, this is kind of scary. Like, like, why am I paying this guy so much for this? And then after that, all of a sudden, their weight drops. Right. And then it just comes continues week after week because we've improved these hormones so that's the purpose of it now if you cut those out to lose more weight what happens is you go back into that pattern of crash dieting where your hormones start sinking so you need to just remember to focus on the path and just keep things moving along Um, because a lot of people will and i've experienced this a lot lately uh now that summer's going to be coming around the corner soon um i mean we got time but it's it's kind of like get ready time right and People are like, okay, well, I feel so much better now. You know, it's been a month or two. Like, let's let's drop. I want to get lean again. And I'm like, well, you are getting leaner. It's just slower. But, like, you fucking need that or else you're fucked, right? So you got to remember to keep your eye on the end goal and just trust the damn process. I think that's the hardest thing is because you don't see changes in your body. So I would say it's a bad idea because your hormones are going to take a hit. That being said, if you do need to reduce calories – what I would do is I would add a little bit of cardio or high intensity intervals. If you haven't already done that, increase volume in your training, just cause you'll use more of those calories for muscle and, and, and performance and calorie burn. Or if you are going to cut calories, take your total weekly, like the seven days total calories and cut it a little bit. So instead of chopping off refeed days, lower everything by anywhere between 10 to 30 grams of carbs or, you know, like two to five grams of fat. So like your weekly caloric deficit drops down. It'll take a couple weeks, but then it'll start speeding up again. But if you take out your refeeds and stuff, you can kind of have negative effects. Do you do you have either of them fasting, like do a, a fasting period after that? No, not at all. Um, I just want them to go right back to maintenance. Just be, it, And it depends on the person, I think. I've done that in the past, and I've had a couple guys do that. But a lot of times, like people in this situation, they already have like a somewhat iffy relationship with food because of their history. Right, so right. with those people, like I don't even yeah, want to touch fasting. Yeah. So for them, I, I remember that when I had my refeed day, that that I had a twenty-four hour fast afterwards. But you probably, but like that two things sucked. Two things though, like <laughs> your refeed was crazy. Yeah, yeah, like your digestion needed that, and I think like if you're if you fast the next day, it's really not that bad. It actually makes you feel better the next week. 
Um, especially if you're only doing 16 to 20 hours, yeah. right? Like 24 hours is tough, but so it just depends. All right. The final question, what are some resources I can check out about improving mobility as well as breathing techniques? Um, so this one is super easy. So a lot of the guys that, that I follow, actually John Russin now, like I, I didn't really, uh, he's not a mobility guy or a mobility expert. Um, I mean, the guy, like he has a physical therapy background, um, and, and he had a lot of good insights on, you know, the, the exercises that, that he did became a mobility drill. And, and what he meant by that was, you know, let's say, let's take this power lifter, um, for example, right? I mean, the guy probably didn't need too much mobility work, um, but he was able to create tension uh, so much in that, in the way that he said it was, you know, uh, how this translate translates into general population is you got a lot of people who uh, really are immobile or they have a sedentary lifestyle um, to where we do these exercises. I'm cueing them. We're working on it. I mean, like he's patterning people through the squat for like 20 to 25 minutes. Right. And then afterwards they have increased range of motion. Right. So he has a little bit of a different look or, or the way he explains it. I think, I think that like a lot of people in the industry, like experts, um, you know, they, they really practice very similar things. Um, but just the way that they explain it is, is a little bit different. So you'll find that if like you, if you start listening to John Russin or, or following his stuff, or you go to uh, a seminar of his, like you'll find out some different tools. Also some guys that, that I follow, Max Shank, um, he's got a ton of different, uh, uh, like videos on like flow and mobility, how to implement those things. Uh, I believe it's maxshank.com. All the guys that on it, um, and girls, by the way, uh, Sarah Jamison, she's awesome. Uh, John Wolf, um, Eric Miesland, I believe is his name. Um, also goes by E6. So, like, if you follow all those guys, FRC, look up them, fun- functional range conditioning, I believe. Um, so, Andrea Spina, Hunter Fitness, um, or Hunter Cook. Yep, Dewey. So, there's there's so many guys, but... I, that's the thing about me is like, I don't, I don't religiously follow one person. I don't know if take bits of it. Yeah. I take bits of everything and that I find that like really works for me and that like I can implement right away. So I'm not just gonna, you know, watch Max's stuff, even though like all of his shit is great that like, you know, there's just so much that I'm not just going to focus on, right. on his product and then implement it. And then like, well, you know, you gotta, completely ignore everybody else's philosophy. You right. Gotta like, see like what's applicable to your client base too, right. or your lifestyle. Because like John Russin's a good example. Like I can't spend 20, 25 minutes. No. In a squat. Yeah. I wish I could, but I have a bunch of people coming through the gym. Right. right? Or they're online with me. So you got to find ways around that and you got to figure out what works best for y- your situation. You know what I mean? And I think, I think that's the biggest yeah. thing to look at. Like, and I, I believe he, he also asked how could he improve his mobility? I mean, again, like it, it, it just depends on you. Like, I don't, I don't know your, your movement patterns. Like he came into the gym, but I think I had like 55 other people uh, there as well. So, so look at your, what, what's like, whatever's like hindering you. So if, if you have issues with the squat, look up what, like what stops a perfect squat or whatever, like Google has everything, you'll find a ton of stuff and then you'll realize that, oh shit, like it could be my ankle or uh, hip mobility. Okay, so I'm gonna look up ankle and hip mobility drills. Boom, then you have something to work on, right? right. Test your squat in two weeks, see if it helped. If it didn't, then you probably need to look at something else. Could be thoracic mobility, right? Like it could be anything. Right. Could be stability in your knees, could be so many different things. Um, what do you think about uh, mobility wad? Like I hear this all the time and it's like, I feel like, I don't know if it's a super credible source yet. It's getting pretty big, so I'm assuming it is. I haven't looked at it. But what I can tell is that it's it's a daily thing that somebody can go on and have a different mobility workout to do every single day. Cool. That's dope, right? Yeah. Like and I, I like I said, I'm not like I've never even looked at the site, so don't like go there and be like, Oh, this shit fucked me up. But but again, it's very it's very general, right? Like for me, I don't get into like a lot of extension based uh exercises right because i already live in i already live in extension so like you know like yoga yeah so like yoga uh like if i go to yoga there's some movements that like i'll just lay on the ground and do some breathing yeah right because 
like if if I were to do it, it's just going to strengthen the dysfunction. Yeah. So mo- I think the good thing about Mobility Wad um, is that it provides you with uh, a ton of information and a ton of exercises that that you can do um, for general population, right? Like it's all good shit, but it just depends on who you are and if it's going to work for you. You right? know, I have, this is this is random thought. I, like I wish I could go back in time and have you learn all this and start implementing it however many years ago and see if the muscle mass on your back would actually shrink. You know what I mean? Because you live you've lived in extension for so mm-hmm. long and that's your by far your biggest body part. Right. You know what I mean? It would be interesting to see if like your back would look significantly different if you weren't in extension because for so many years it was constantly working yeah. over the rest of your body. Right. right. Every part of it, like literally. I think that I don't think that it would be because I still would have put in the same amount of reps. I understand that it was it was constantly on, but I think that because of if if I were to implement more mobility and allow myself to to relax and down regulate, I think that and maybe this is just, you know, my my theory or my way of thinking is that I could have I could have probably been bigger because of the, the the recovery aspect yeah i true. really wasn't recovering the way i should have been very true see my my thought was like because like what we talked about this weekend with them or yesterday with them was like the mind muscle connection kind mm-hmm. of stuff which is so important like obviously the connection to your back is crazy big yeah. for a long time it wasn't on your anterior side so that was my thought but then the recovery would be totally game changer yep. so that's true but i mean it's even because we, we all changed we all changed train so much posterior chain regardless anyway so but it's 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 changed even though because just because i do a lot of upper body like when when you do like a lot of mobility drill like you're on your hands or you're hanging from a bar or something like that so um and you're and you're stretching out those muscles or and allowing them to relax so for me like i feel like my my definition or like when i look at it like just the size of my 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 lat has always been big right but it it always looked like if i look at old pictures like it looks like it's it's again like it's constantly on or like yeah. it's contracting right so if i reached up overhead there was a while there where i wasn't doing any vertical pulls or pushes because my lats were just so so wired up that if i went they like if i reached up overhead it was like it was trying to pull yeah. see and that's how like back down that's how mine is too and i need to like i <laughs> But it's because you, I, I mean, like, how many times are you doing rows? Yeah. And like, oh, it's you know, it's, it's good, but, but like at to, the same time, like there's too much of a good thing. But I, it, it, but it's because I don't focus on the recovery there. Right. I've been doing so much hip and ankle work, like in thoracic work, but nothing uh, specifically for the tissue. Right. right. Um, and like we saw when I did the hanging breathing, like just hanging from my lats and just breathing, I dropped like two fucking inches yep. just from releasing that yeah. tension. And it felt f- so good afterwards. And I did that for like a weekend and then I forgot about it. Right. right. So like I need to get back to that too, because that's a significant difference. Right. So. And that's why I really like the FHT program that, that John, that John the produced, stretching. the intraset stretching, like, because that was right after I started going back into vertical pulls and yeah. that, that was the first program that I was on, yeah. um, right after that, that whole recovery period. Right. So that's a great way to build muscle. Too. Oh my like, God. They've done studies insane. on that. And like yeah. literally they, all they did differently with the groups was intraset stretching and those people grew bigger. Um, uh, but I would say it would be smart and I don't know if they apply this in the study to breathe through it for sure. Oh yeah. Most definitely. I I don't know. They did yeah. the study a while ago, so I don't know yeah. if they were really into it cause it's a it's a different it's in Florida where they do just strictly bodybuilding style stuff yeah. and I don't know if they were into the the CNS recovery and the breathing and all that stuff so who knows boom. boom this podcast is sponsored by Vigor Ground Fitness and Performance whether you live in the Seattle area or not click the link below and find an opportunity to transform your body in 12 weeks or less where you get more structure more access more accountability and a follow-along program that can give you the results to take you from point a to point b once again click the link below to discover how you can do that